Happy New Year, everyone. In this episode, we sit with Ron from Desi Brotherhood, and we should talk about men's mental health, addictions, and what we can do as a society to help men feel more part of this world. Have a great day, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Hey guys, welcome to the Thinkable Guys podcast, and in this very special episode, we are joined by Ram, who is also known on Instagram as Desi Brotherhood. So Ram, please introduce yourself. Hey guys, um, yeah, so I manage the uh, Desi Brotherhood Instagram page. Um, I started it about, I'd, I'd say, last summer, and it's just mainly based around a lot of South Asian male issues from a lot of like mental health discussions, a lot of like cultural pressures that we have and a lot of like stigma that we can't talk about within the community. Um, and yeah, I just found like a real pattern within my um, South Asian kind of circle groups and like especially my male friends that they find it a lot more difficult to open up about the issues and problems that they're going through. Um, and I found just a lot of the services in the UK were catered around white people or you know they weren't really like culturally sensitive towards you know our needs and understanding the kind of cultural impacts and implications that we have um just from our you know parents and cultural pressures and stuff so i was like you know what let me try and create a page that resonates with people um and yeah i basically started it around six months ago and it's kind of yeah done really well and i've had loads of people from India, Canada, US and Australia just kind of hit me in my DMs just saying how much, you know, they can relate to the content that I'm writing about, um, how much has helped them. And yeah, I've just basically created this content just to see if, you know, South Asian men can start speaking up about these topics just because I don't feel like there's a real platform where we discuss the kind of toxic traits that we go through or, yeah, the kind of cultural pressures that we have to deal with. Um, so I'm hoping to kind of help South Asian men as much as I can. But obviously we can't do that without the older generation and the younger generation and women by our side too. So just hoping to make a positive change within our community. So That's a, that's a great little incentive you've got there, actually. When I came across your page, I was, I was sort of shocked because <laughs> I, f- I feel like me and Hominda are in a very small minority uh, of of people of Asian men that do podcasts and that you know do stuff like this, and uh, or you know content creators whatever it's it's very female based and female led which is amazing it's good to see, um, but I always question this you know I always think to myself why aren't there many like men putting themselves out there why aren't there many men talking about their issues why why aren't there many men doing all these things and you know why is it just so um, you rarely see that uh, you know men, especially Asian men, the South Asian men, talking about their feelings or their problems or their issues. Why? Why is it you know? And uh, I always ask myself that. And uh, it's 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 always sort of interesting to look at people around you, and you 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 tend to get different sort of answers. And uh, one thing, one common sort of result or answer that I arrive to is is. It's the upbringing. It's it's what they're taught, and and also expectations. I think as well, like society's expectations from men in general, and especially South Asian men. There's this whole idea of oh yeah, you know, should be really strong minded, and you know, should be very strong headed or whatever. Uh, shouldn't um, f- just fall weak, or whatever. You know, there's just a lot of things um, which I don't think is is right in in my personal opinion because. You know, there there will be times in life where you do feel like things are not going your way, and you might feel a little bit weak. And just because you feel a little bit weak at a certain point in time, when times are rough, doesn't make you a weak person. Those are two very different things. Um, would you Would you agree, Rom? Yeah, definitely. And I think within South Asian culture, especially you know, with the men that um, I looked up to and I grew up with and stuff, it was just normal to, I guess, bottle up your emotions and not really talk about it. It was just the kind of thing to do as a man. And, you know, a lot of the uncles that I have in my family and stuff, they were kind of a lot more silent about their issues or they were, especially like at family functions and stuff, they were very much like alone and to themselves and didn't really speak. 
Um, and I think it's just, yeah, it's just been part of our culture just to make sure South Asian men are as strong as they can be. And in hindsight, they just think strong is basically not talking about your issues and your problems. And I don't think that's been healthy in the long run, especially when people like us, we have like a dual heritage and we have like the British and Indian side to us. Um, and it's been really hard to kind of navigate how we feel about our identity and, you know, the experiences that we've had with being South Asian and then being British. Mm -hmm. um, so I think a lot of the females that I've kind of seen on the Instagram pages and these kind of content pages and, you know, blogging and stuff, I think because the patriarchy obviously massively affects a lot of South Asian women uh, within our culture. But then what I've realised is that, you know, the patriarchy also harms loads of boys um, and, you know, men as well and it's like we need to just make sure that the young boys that are kind of growing up into this culture and growing up in this like generation and day and age mm. they've got to kind of have the support in speaking about their issues and their problems and just making it a lot more normalized and I think even when I've tried to talk to my dad about you know personal things that I've gone through or just even things that are going around like on around me and stuff he still finds it quite difficult to open up and have these types of conversations with me but I'm I think it's really important to also make sure the older generation aren't also left behind because there's so many um older generation South Asian men that are kind of like toxic angry South Asian men with a lot of like maybe mental health issues or like we were talking about bottling things up and not really having a place to like escape um, yeah and I think yeah I think that's what the issue is a lot of people think like patriarchy only affects females which it definitely does and I think there's a big chunk of it which really does harm a lot of females lives but it still does impact a lot of men as well um and we, st and we just need to start talking about those kind of pressures that we have as like the men that are going to carry on the family honor the family name and you know um the family dynamic and making sure you know we're financially ready and stuff as well for the future so yeah I think it's I think there's a lot of like work that we still need to do within our kind of culture but it's really important that people like us are starting that conversation and it's yeah important for everybody to kind of voice their opinions on on these types of issues what would you say are the, like the most um common things you get sent to your dms like is there any like, common themes that you've started to notice since you've run this page um, yeah, I think the most common has been a lot of South Asian men having suicidal thoughts um, and they've kind of, yeah, hit me up in the DMs just to kind of get a lot of more support, ask for a bit of guidance on which mental health services to go to. And they've asked me, you know, what kind of mental health services like have helped me and me specifically, even though I talk about mental health, um, I've never, you know, been necessarily like diagnosed with something. Um, I've dealt with like bits of anxiety, but I've never like had a diagnosed like depression and stuff. Um, so I can only help as much as I can from the resources I know and stuff. But I yeah, definitely see a lot of South Asian men discussing um, the kind of suicidal thoughts that they've had. And the suicidal thoughts is based around the cultural pressures that they have, such as having to get married or, you know, um, having to figure out their life and being financially capable and stable to manage a new family and stuff and I think all those pressures that men worry about doesn't really get talked about um, and I think yeah once I've set up my page I think that's the number one thing that people have talked about. It's true it's like you know as a South Asian person you really see it in the media as well like you don't really have like sort of people talking about uh, these sort of issues like suicidal thoughts or depression especially from like say for example uh, music for instance so do you really do you really hear like artists talk about these sort of topics what do you guys think I think back in the day there was loads of artists that would talk about it I mean I, I grew up on hip-hop and I and I still love it to this day but I, I remember like back in the day like so many hip-hop artists like especially like Notorious B.I.G there was a song that he done called Suicidal Thoughts yeah I mean like Asian Asian artists oh Asian there's plenty as, as, as I put it, there's plenty on the other side like all the other cultures have it loads of it like you know, you go to, you know, the black culture, white culture, there's plenty of artists, but where's the South Asian artists that? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, if it's specifically South Asian, definitely not. I haven't heard about South Asian artists. Imran Khan? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a lot of the South Asian music is quite like lovey-dovey and Bollywood-esque and stuff, or like quite like party tunes and stuff. So yeah, I haven't really heard 
even South Asian um, music artists talk about these kind of things. But I mean, even just like South Asian arts in general, um, or like, I don't know, South Asian movies and stuff, I don't think they really rarely talk about mental health or, you know, real life topics. If you look at, for example, like Bollywood movies and stuff, the biggest blockbuster movies are usually like the overdramatic love stories. Um, and, I think, <laughs> and I think that's because a lot of Indians and South Asians love to like escape from their reality. So if they see something too realistic and too too much that re- resonates with their own life they don't like to really watch it and that's why the biggest blockbuster hits are usually something that's like far-fetched romance and stuff um so i think even that like the arts and stuff they don't really touch on these types of topics um but i'm really excited with like the new generation and especially people that are like british asian like you know ourselves and stuff that are happy to kind of push for these conversations to happen and i think there's loads of great like Instagram content and even like WordPress blogs and stuff and podcasters that are, you know, discussing these types of issues. It's actually true. You know, um, I hope that our generation can help move this idea forward of being able to speak out and not sort of generalizing, uh, not generalizing someone to be like, you know what, if you're going for something, it's fine whatever go over it sort of thing um i i know someone um from from my, talking from my own personal experience i know someone that um you know was bi curious right and um he he wasn't sure how he he wasn't sure about his sexuality and so he kept it to himself and he didn't tell anyone and most definitely not his family uh, and I spoke to him one day and he's like, oh, you know, I can I can never have my family find out. And I asked him, I was like, why? He's like, oh, it's because they will disown me. Like, they will literally kick me out of the house. I'll get disowned. I won't have a place to stay. You know, my whole entire family, not just his immediate family, like even his cousins, his uncles, his aunties, everyone would just not accept him. And so, you know, and that started giving him anxiety and panic and, you know, everything. And he just kept him to himself, and you, he, he always ends up keeping it to himself. And it, it, stuff like that is, is what really um, gets to me is the fact that people like there's people out there that have things that they're dealing with, but they're not allowed or they're not comfortable enough to come out and speak about those things because because they feel like oh shit I might get kicked out of the house or I might end up losing my family because of it, and that's that's crazy to think in my yeah. in my opinion. But I mean, I also think like growing up as a South Asian, like, you know, I mean, I don't know if it's the same for you guys, but I know all of my South Asian friends and, you know, I was based in like Brighton, which is a really white town, but we all kind of lived a double life in the sense of like, you know, when we were at home, we were like these Indian kids. And then when we were out with our friends and stuff, it was a very much a different lifestyle. It was a lot more freedom and a lot more carefree. And, you know, I know I have loads of friends that you know their families don't know that they're in an interracial relationship or like you said they they don't know that they're bi gay or lesbian or um you know all their families don't even know the fact that they drink even as simple as that it's just like such a double life that I think a lot of South Asians live by and I think one of it it comes from this dual heritage but then even my cousins in India which are like coming up to like 18 and early 20s now they're also used to living this double life and you know keeping kind of parts of their identity and their and their true selves like hidden from their families so I think there is a massive problem within our culture and our families where it's like because these are such massive stigmas it's like well okay I'm just going to carry on living this private life and that way it won't harm or hurt my families because I think the biggest worry for all of us is like the fear of being disowned or like fear of, you know, of going against your religion and not being the good Hindu boy or Punjabi boy or Muslim boy and stuff. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, cool. As long as I keep my parents happy and they think I'm this good Indian boy and then I can also live my life happily, whether that's, you know, your sexuality or you drinking or being in a relationship um, which makes you happy but would be frowned upon by your family. So, yeah. Yeah, I've definitely seen that. I mean, was that your guys' experience, like, growing up and even even now? I just saw a lot of people around me, because I, I was surrounded by Asian people and Asian guys. Most of my life, I have been surrounded by Asian people. So uh, I've seen a lot of people, um, a lot of guys, you know, 
so they start taking other routes to deal with their underlying issues, whatever they might have. And so, you know, for example, substance abuse, you know, that's a very, very common one. Mm-hmm. And people start looking for like, it's, it's, it's what I call uh, escapist mentality. You know, people start de- developing escapist mentality and they'll start, they'll start looking for things to do to occupy their minds because they don't want to think about the current situation at hand because there's nothing they can do about it. And so it's like, you know, it's like a dead end for them. So it, it's, it's, just a whole, it's, a, it's just a downward spiral. They keep going down. It's like they find themselves in a place of, like they feel like, oh, it's a place of no return. So the only thing I can do is now maybe probably drink to help me like, you know, take the pain away or maybe drugs or maybe weed or um, anything, you know. Um, and I, I don't think that's good whatsoever. Yeah. And, and yeah, like you said, it's definitely like an escapism tool just to kind of get away from, I think, your reality. Um, and I think a lot of a lot of my friends that have a lot of cultural pressures in marrying someone or, yeah, having an arranged marriage and stuff like they result to going out more, partying more, um, drinking more. And like you said, you know, drugs are involved in that as well. Um, so I think, yeah, there's definitely a big I think within South Asian men, there is definitely a big drinking problem and it's become really acceptable that it's just part of Desi culture and it's part of being a man and it's part of, you know, being Asian and stuff. And, you know, whether it's my like uncles in the UK or my uncles in India, I still get that same kind of treatment that men don't talk, <laughs> about, their, men don't talk about their issues. And the only way we bond and we do talk about our issues is through a bottle of, you know, whiskey and stuff. That's um, so bad. That's yeah. So bad. And, like, I see it with a lot of, like, my uncles and stuff that are, like, in their 40s, 50s, and they've been doing it, they've been drinking for, like, 20, 30 years, and I'm like, wow, you're still escaping from your reality, you know, you've got, like, four or five kids, and you own a corner shop or a fish and chip shop or whatever, and it's like, you're still not happy with your reality, and the only way for you to escape from that is by drinking, unfortunately. Um, Do you think, like, drinking can help them open up, though, as well, to some extent? I mean, yeah, like, I've I've had better bonding experiences with my uncles I'm not gonna lie through a drink you know I've like gotten to know them a lot better and yeah. I've heard I've, I've been able to hear them talk a lot more like emotionally through a bottle but again it's not the right tool to use just so that you can actually feel something do you know what I mean because yeah. in some ways you're either just numbing your pain or you're just exaggerating it even more just because mm. you're not used to your emotions and feelings so I don't think that's healthy either because if you're not able to understand your emotions and feelings and what you're going through sober then if you're only doing that through drinking and drugs then that's that's kind of a chaotic chaotic lifestyle and I think in Desi culture and Desi men specifically we've made it really acceptable to do that um Mm. Mm. so I think yeah that that's definitely a big problem that I think South Asian men need to kind of put more focus on yeah like I can completely understand as well like where you you're coming from as well. Like I've, I've had uncles who just you know drink and all of a sudden they become really emotional. All of a sudden you're thinking, well, where did this come from? Like an hour ago you were okay. An hour later there's like tears coming out of your eyes. Like what's happening? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like how do the emotions you know, drive up so fast and stuff? But I think all of us ha- have had these moments where we all drank to some, to some extent and somehow we're just like outpouring all our emotions for some reason. And you're saying to yourself, well, where did these come from? Do you know what I mean? Like have you guys had this as well? Yeah, I mean, even like my friendship circles and stuff and like my boys back at home or like, you know, my mates from uni and stuff, it's like the way we bond and the way what the main thing that we revolve around meeting up and having conversations around is based around drinking. Um, And even like myself, like I think when I was like 23, um, I definitely did have a moment where I was just kind of aggressively like drinking and, you know, I did partake in you know taking drugs and stuff as well just because I think in one sense it was like I was just like young and I was experimental and you know I was I was in Brighton after uni and stuff and the culture there's a, a little bit more different I mean Brighton is like the drug capital in the UK and stuff um, so it's a lot more like just socially mm. around as well so it was just around me a lot more so that I think that's why I kind of took part in that kind of lifestyle for a bit 
Um, but I think, yeah, there was a there was a time where I, when I kind of spiraled when I was just using drinking and like class A drugs just to escape from my reality. Um, and I did. And I think my family okay. did know. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, Karen, Karen. No. Yeah. I think my family did know, but it was just like an awkward thing, like where they they knew, but they really didn't know how to approach it. And I think South Asians just like they just do. They just usually do like avoid, you know, awkward dynamics within the household and when they see their like son or daughter spiraling out of control especially if it's something that they're not used to such as drinking and drugs it's just kind of like okay let's just avoid it until it gets better but it won't really get better until you tackle the situation yourself and luckily I had some like good friends around me that you know kind of just checked in on me and were like yo is everything okay like you know you're you're doing a lot more drugs these days you're drinking a lot more I mean I think I just blamed it on like me being young and stuff but I think I was yeah there was definitely an element of like me wanting to escape from my reality too and um I use that by kind of yeah delving into a lot of drinking and drugs unfortunately how did he manage to you know break break that cycle then um I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the dynamic would have been if my parents, I think it just would have been so awkward if my parents did, you know, reach out to me and kind of, yeah, directly asked me, you know, what was going on and stuff. I think it was just something that I was just going through a bit more like personally and stuff. Um, so yeah, I don't know if it, if it necessarily would have helped, but I think, you know, I was really lucky to have like friends that cared and reached out. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of South Asian parents probably do avoid if their child is going through something that they can't really relate to or understand um but yeah no I, I think I was I was lucky to like have my friends and stuff so and how did you uh break through the cycle then like what, what kind of motivated you to change your ways then yeah um I mean I think there was a period of me just doing a lot of drinking and drugs for like at least a year or two um, especially like aggressively where it was like nearly every weekend and stuff and I would like go to work Monday to Thursday and then Friday to Sunday it was just like normal just to be completely out of it or blacked out and not really remember what happened because I was just so fucked on yeah a lot of yeah substance abuse and I think the way I kind of got out of it is when I realized that I just really wanted to kind of cut that lifestyle out and just focus more on myself and then I just made it my mission to save up my money to go traveling and then that took a couple of years to do as well um and then having like a prime focus just to yeah put my energy into something else definitely um reduced that it didn't completely go straight away but it definitely did reduce um and then yeah I went traveling for eight months and I think that kind of woke me up a little bit just to realize there's more to life than just kind of this party lifestyle that I was like really involved in. Um, and then I was just like realizing a lot, a lot about myself, such as the reasons on why I was escaping from my reality. And I had gone through a really bad breakup. And I think that was a, one part of it. Another part was, you know, going back to my household out after uni and like the dynamic at, at home not being great. And then there was a lot of like resentment and anger that I had towards like my mum and dad just because of things that I'd witnessed and experienced as a kid um so it's just like dealing with those like battles within yourself and then I, a lot of just like forgiving and forgetting as well like there was things that I saw in my childhood and stuff that I used to always feel really like you know resentful towards my dad about mm. and I think mm. like the more I just kind of treated him on a humane level and realized that you know what even though he made mistakes and my mum's made mistakes as well, they're not like bad people. They were also just going through this journey of life of like making mistakes and just doing the best that they could. And I was just starting to just like stop holding on to these grudges or like, you know, um, what I wanted them to do for me. And, you know, these like resentful kind of um, feelings of like, you know, why did I go through this as a kid or why did they have this kind of abusive stuff around me as a kid and stuff and mm -hmm. I think like a lot of it as well like I just I, I was so angry because I felt like I was becoming like my dad like my dad when I was younger was kind of like I love my dad and he's honestly like my best friend now but like growing up he was this kind of like angry like he's your like typical angry loud Indian like dad and I think like in my 20s I could feel myself like getting into that kind of like toxic behaviors and I was like mm -hmm. lashing out I definitely had a temper and I still to this day you know I have to kind of manage that and deal with that like every day um mm -hmm. 
And I think, yeah, I just was like so angry about things that I'd experienced as a kid. And, you know, I was so lost with my identity, with like being in Brighton and then being Indian and then living at home again after uni where I had loads of freedom. And then I broke up with a with an ex where I had like, you know, a three year relationship. And it was just like so much shit and chaos was going on. So I was like, oh, mm-hmm. fuck it. Like, fuck the world. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to party. I'm going to drink and I'm going to do all these stupid drugs which I don't even know what I'm putting in my body in my system and and it was just a way just for me to like just get away from my reality and it, and I think the truth is I wasn't very happy where my life was at that moment so yeah I guess mm-hmm. that kind of comforted me because I was like I, I'm feeling like I'm living this cool crazy lifestyle but in reality I was just harming myself more yeah what would you say like if if there was someone who is going through or might go into similar phase that you went through what would you say like that from your experience that could help them yeah I mean I mean obviously like I think the (laughs) the normal thing to say is that make sure you talk to somebody but in reality like I just didn't really feel comfortable to talk to anybody like for me I can't talk to my parents about the things that I was going through at that time it just would I'm just going to be honest it just wouldn't have been realistic and some of it was based on my experience as a kid and stuff but I just didn't feel like I could communicate it with them just because then it would be like fear of being kicked out fear of being disowned do you know what I mean there was just like all these other things that I was like worried about if I did have a real conversation with them so like I would say like just honestly talk to a friend that you feel wouldn't judge you and that you feel is really trustworthy and then also also think about like other methods as well like it's only been in the last year that I've been open to the fact that maybe it it would be a good idea for me to like get some therapy just to chat to someone about some battles that I've gone through you know such as you know um, I think with my anger management and stuff um, and a lot of experiences that I had from when I was younger so a bit of trauma and stuff so it's like I think, yeah, being okay with the fact that you can reach out for help, whether whether that's with a friend or with a professional that works in, you know, mental health or a therapist or, you know, um, cognitive behavioural therapy and stuff. I think just, yeah, South Asian men need to be more normalised to the fact that we can go out for to seek help and stuff. It's crazy as well, because like there's so many different dynamics in the Asian household as well. So you could have, for instance, uh, two parents from the same culture or two parents from different cultures. Do you know what I mean? So, for instance, my dad's born here and mom was born in India. There's always a different culture, different balance. Exactly. Yeah, my mom. Um, so my mom was born in Uganda and then she moved to India and then came to the UK. Um, but my dad, yeah, he was born in India and then came here. So there was always like a different dynamic in the sense of because my mum came here when she was a teenager, she was a bit more relaxed on what her children do, relaxed on who her children want to marry and, you know, the whole caste system and making sure, you know, we're just happy with our lives and, you know, choosing who we love and what career we want. But my dad was very much fixated on making sure we marry in caste, making sure we get an arranged marriage. And I've got to give him credit. I think even though he did find it really difficult, he has come a massive long way in giving his children the freedom to um, kind of just live life how they want. But obviously they do have those typical South Asian traits as well in the sense that they still want us to marry a South Asian, but they're a lot more um, relaxed on you know, if that's a cast or, you know, what South Asian background, because obviously that's so broad these days as well. So it doesn't necessarily need to be Gujarati and stuff. Um, but yeah, my parents have come a long way. I mean, even I remember when, because I've got two older sisters and when my, when my elder sister went to university, like it was a massive discussion in our house, the fact that she was going to be moving away. And like my parents were like, you know, none, none of our kids are going to be moving away. They can only go to university in Brighton and Sussex. And it was only until one of my mum's sisters had a chat with him and was like, listen, you're in the UK now. You're not living in the gum. You're not living in the village. Like, that's not how it works. And you need to give the freedom, the rights, um, freedom to your children to live their life. And like, you've brought them up the right way. So you've just got to trust them. And then... Yeah, that kind of panned down to me and my twin brother and my sister and then that kind of freedom then eased up and yeah, they just kind of trusted us a lot more, which I'm really grateful for. I think I went through something similar as well when I was going to university, right? Um, There was this (laughs) literally massive discussion, massive sit down, parents were talking like, you know, they're looking at me as well, they're like, you know, 
I had I had got accepted into Kent University for pharmacy, and my parents were like, "If you can't do pharmacy in London, where you're staying at home, and you have to live out, then just just take a gap year and apply again." They were they were that adamant on not letting me go, and I was kept looking at them like, "Why?" Oh, wow. I was like, "Why? Like, what? Why would you?" And they were like, "Oh, it's because they were worried that, you know, I would." basically go down the wrong paths and do all the wrong things and because I'm there by myself I have all the freedom to do what I want and because of that I might end up getting into the wrong crowds and all these fears and I was like yeah but you know you have to understand like everything depends on the person like you know I'm not interested in doing those things um you know and they basically thought I would just flush my life down the toilet basically as soon as I moved out and I remember them just being so worried and so scared for me to, you know, because I had never lived away from my parents before. Uh, and also I'm an only child as well. So you could probably, it probably makes a, lo- a little bit more sense now why they were be- being a little bit more protective of me. Uh, it, it all makes sense to me now. But back then I used to really get frustrated. Like I'd be like, oh, but what, why are they treating me like a kid? You know? Um, and well, well, what, everyone else is moving out. Everyone else is doing the thing, same thing. Why can't I do the same thing? So, uh, really, I see it now. You know, they're just scared that oh shit, like, what if he, you know he loses himself? Yeah, and I think that's a lot of their fear. It's like losing their child, or their child losing their culture, or losing their identity. And like, because my um, so I've got a twin brother and two older sisters, and like they all went to London universities because we're from Brighton. Um, and I went the furthest away and I was going to go to a London uni and then I Rebel. remember like, <laughs> exactly. I mean, it wasn't a big deal to me, but it was like a massive deal in my family. And they were like, why do you need to go so far away? Like, why are you changing like so much? And why are you like going against what the other siblings have done? And I'm like, just because I'm going to like a further away uni doesn't mean I'm being this like crazy rebellious kid, you know, but it's like, yeah, if they see like different patterns or you behaving differently compared to your siblings, or like sometimes it's just annoying because they'll compare you to your cousins and they're like, why do you need to do this when your cousins are doing this? Or why do you need to do that when your siblings haven't even done that? And it's like, oh, fuck, like, just let me live how I want. And like, even when I went traveling, because none of my siblings have done that. So I went eight months traveling um, like last year. And like, that was a massive discussion as well. And I was like, fuck, man, like, they really did just find it difficult. But like there's just loads of conversation that you need to have I think with the older generation and unfortunately it is going to always be difficult for this new like you know younger generation with a dual heritage just to constantly like educate their parents educate their families to like not worry as much yeah Um, but I think like we just unfortunately need to be patient that it is going to take a while for us to educate them but I also understand that sometimes people get frustrated with how much they need to constantly um, educate and let their parents know and stuff especially yeah. when it's to do with their life. It's crazy because when you do move out or you do, like you're moving out of a place or you're going somewhere, they see it as a negative thing, not a positive thing, which is yeah. quite funny. Yeah. It's like, for instance, when I moved out of uni, I was going through a really bad time in my life where I was, you know, I was quite depressed. I'd lived the same place in London where I lived. I didn't know anything about the world. I've always been in my town. You know, I've always known one road, which is the main road. I didn't know anything else. Like, you know, I didn't have like a good life before I went to uni. Like, didn't have really didn't have many friends. I was always stuck in the same crowd, the same energy. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, I thought, do you know what? Like, let me just move out. Like, you know, I went like a hundred miles away from home just to see what it's like because I had no clue what life was like outside of London. Really, I've always seen the same stuff, and that kind of helped me, like you know, rebalance my life and realize there's more things to see out there than the kind of the box that I was living in before. Yeah, and I mean, I I experienced the exact same thing. And like, even when I lived out after uni, I thought, oh, okay, cool. My parents are going to be so much more chill when I'm saying I want to go traveling. And like recently, I mean, I moved to London last year, but even then it was like a massive discussion that I'm like leaving my parents and like disregarding (laughs) their feelings and that somehow I'm like really hurting their feelings. And I was like, shit, this has got nothing to do with you. This is just me living my life at my own terms. And like, I'm still going to be there for you and I'm still got a strong and an amazing relationship with them. But there is this whole and I think it's just the way like South Asians have been like 
brought up to think and I see it even with my family in India like as soon as a kid wants independence it's like you hate the family or you want to get away from the family just because in our community it is very much about being close with your family and being really supportive like with your family members and stuff but it is okay to like branch out and ask for freedom and well not even ask for freedom like just deserve like get the freedom that you deserve um but even at like 28 like when I moved out to London and I had gone traveling for eight months and I had moved to Birmingham for three years I still had to have a conversation with my mum and dad about me moving to London and it's only an hour away from London I mean from Brighton um but even then, it was such a massive discussion because it was like I was hurting them or leaving them. Um, <laughs> but I think that just comes from the way they've been brought up and how their parents were with them as well. Yeah, it's carried on, hasn't it, really? Exactly, yeah. That's the thing. Like, I think we we sort of tend to... We, we've been on the receiving end of these things that have been passed on from generations. Um, but I feel, again, I feel like we're probably the last generation uh, to experience this, I guess. Uh, I think moving forward, I, I know definitely for sure that I'm not going to be like as, you know, as protective or as like, I, just, I will be protective, but it's not, it's not going to be like, oh shit, like if you're moving away from me, that's it, you don't love me anymore, you don't love the family anymore, it's not going to be, it's not going to be like that, uh, I want to be a parent, or, um, you know, a, the kind of parent that the kids can feel comfortable enough to speak to them in private, and be like, you know what, share their personal things with them, if I, I wouldn't want my child, you know, let's say, if my child was to have mental health issues, I wouldn't want my child to hide it from me, I would want my child to feel comfortable enough to, to talk to me about it, and tell me about it, um, you know, that's just how that's how I would want it to be. Yeah, and I think like you've honestly got to push for that freedom for your kids because if you don't, then they are just gonna end up resenting you, or they are gonna end up living that double life like I did. Do you know what I mean? Like I resented my parents because I felt like they were holding me back, and there were certain things that happened in my childhood, and I was like, you know what? Fuck you guys. So I was like, you know, <laughs> going out loads and partying loads, and I've even seen it, you know, amongst my other friends and stuff. So it's like. I think it just needs to be more, yeah, it just needs to be more normalised, the fact that, you know, your children are going to have the freedom to do what they want and live life on their own terms. And I think that should be encouraged. And I think, yeah, like you said, it's going to be the next generation when we have kids and stuff where we are going to instill that in our children and, yeah, give that freedom to them. It's crazy, like, you don't... It's like it's it's a hard thing. Like it's easy to blame our parents for how they like treat us, but then what if we do the same without realizing it? It's kind of mad, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, I w- I would hope not to because, like you know, like Hardy was saying, because they've obviously had, I guess, a lot of cultural pressures and stigma from their own parents. But then coming to the UK, they've kind of relaxed a lot more and seen um, how you can have this, you know, new age life of like freedom and kids can move away and still be close to their parents and still be cultured. Like, I would hope that that doesn't carry on as much. But yeah, of course, like it's hard to dismantle certain, you know, behaviours that we've been brought up to think that that it's okay. Um, So that's why I mean, like growing up afterwards, I was like a bit less hard on my parents because I was like, you know what, they did their best at bringing me and my siblings up. And even though, yeah, we saw some dark things growing up it, you know they're still good people and they tried their best and mm-hmm. I can't blame them all the time when they also had a crap upbringing from their their family and their parents mm-hmm. what do you want to ask you guys a question why do you think there's such a lack of you know male content creators out there on Instagram that kind of deal with these issues I think just men just have a really difficult time just opening about opening up about this stuff um and I mean I'm quite like an open book with like my friends and even when I've met like strangers and stuff I'm pretty open about like you know stuff that I've gone through or like things that I'm thinking about and stuff so um Mm -hmm. but I think yeah just I guess men have always found it quite difficult to open up about their feelings and that's why we have such a high suicide rate and homicide rate um and you know more boys are like flunking in school and college and stuff just because I feel like they don't really know how to navigate their emotions and their feelings. And 
I think, yeah, I think that's probably why you don't see a lot of Instagram content as well, which is focused around men's issues, just because men don't really know how to talk about it. Yeah, it's often seen as a, oh, why do we need to talk about it? I think it's kind of like put on the carpet sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, boil it up. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and like, think about it, like, when you do open up or when you are talking about your feelings, like, that's seen as such a feminine thing to do, right? That's, that's, a, mm. that's a women thing to do. So if someone is talking about how they feel, it's like, oh, stop being a woman or stop being a pussy. Like, we've all heard those kinds of terminologies. So it's kind of ingrained in us to just, like, you know bottle up and be a man or like be the best man that we can be by yeah trying to pretend that we've got all of our shit in check and we've got no issues but then that's not a reality and then the the stats also show that men do have this issue that's why we have such a high suicide rate i also feel like there's again i might get some heat for this right but i just i just feel like there's some sort of underlying toxic um pride i don't know if that's the right word maybe pride ego i feel like those things are very very prevalent in asian men especially and so you know one thing i've noticed and i tell how this all the time is you know when you see girls being content creators on social media and you know they're doing what they're doing all their friends support them so much right like they'll get so much support from all their friends and everyone's reposting like you know if if a girl group podcast group was to post a new episode for example they'll have like about 200 people reposting their stuff you know um there's just a lot more support and they're a lot more vocal with their support whereas same thing if we were to do the same thing uh yeah guys don't really take an incentive to you know it, to show as much support as as females do to each other yeah and i think that's honestly because we've been told to like bottle up our feelings and emotions and like men don't even give each other a compliment if like a guy is say if like your mate looks good and he's dressed up well i mean guys don't even say to their mate hey you look good or you've dressed well it's just like exactly even if you are giving your mate or one of your boys support like what do we all end like a message with no homo because it's just like that fear of like Mm -hmm. if you have crossed that emotional line or if you've crossed that you know you just need to kind of make a joke out of everything and you need to kind of add this whole sarcasm of like oh i know i'm getting emotional so hashtag no homo and stuff and like those little things even implement like like how men are so bottling up their emotions and like guys can't even give each other compliments on their personality or the way they look or just anything and I mean you even see on Instagram like my female friends even if a female's put up a selfie like girls are like oh my god hon you look amazing and oh my god like with all these fire emojis and stuff but like obviously guys don't do that but I think it is just the fact that we are so in like fear or our feelings and emotions and being honest about how we feel is just so alien to us. So we just don't ever go there. Like it's so it's so crazy because like there's some episodes that me and Hardy have done like back in the days that we consider like really good episodes. And we'll ask up like, and sometimes we don't we don't even get any support from guys or anything. They won't never like we have to beg for them to repost our stuff. Whereas some females will message us and say, hey, you know what? That's a great podcast. Like, can I post it my page? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Like, we're thinking, wait, guys, if you, if you listen to this podcast, you may find it quite good because there's a lot of things that me and Hardy have kind of like opened our hearts towards that you guys might find, you know, beneficial and stuff. But sometimes it feels like for guys, it's just a crime for them to do it. Like, do you know what I mean? It takes... It's like, you know, you're asking them to, like, murder your family or something. That's what it feels like. <laughs> when you ask, ask them to, like, you know what I mean, go out, go out their way to share something. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. But, I mean, it's the same with my page as well because I remember I was looking on the insights because I was just interested, like, you know, what the audience kind of intake is and stuff. And it said 55% are females and 45% are, are male. And, like, a lot of my content it is, I would say, focused around male issues so I was really surprised but it just shows that men are still finding it hard to like connect with content that is specifically for them um just because I think we've been programmed or used to kind of having a distance with it and kind of having an arm's length with something that's either too personal or yeah gonna be quite yeah resonate with our with with what we're going through it's like almost a fear as well. I don't know what it is like. Definitely. I know, 
Yeah, it, it is a fair because you know what, like it's like okay, and sometimes then even females might be like, oh, it's just a male podcast, a male thing, and the male this and the male that. Well, I know it's like I'm not judging you if you have your own podcast. Like I'm supporting you. I'm reposting. I'm doing as much as I can. Sometimes you kind of want that same energy back. You don't kind of receive it, and you're wondering, <laughs> well, what's going on? Like yeah. as as as, as I was, obviously as, as Mina Hardy, you're like kind of the very small minority of Asian podcasters out there. Mm. You know it's just so hard sometimes even so even there's been times me and hardly have kind of like almost given up on this thing because mm. it's so hard for us to like you know gain any traction amongst our our own people do you know what i mean our own like kind of because there are some episodes that are kind of tailored towards you know the asian asian men for instance but we can't even get the support of them it kind of disheartens us like like you know there's been conversations we and hardly have had like well like guys like should we just should we just keep going or should we just stop because right now it just i don't know what it is like we put so much effort into this Put all our hearts and spend hours, you know, going through it, editing it, and like. But sometimes we won't even get the same energy back, and it's just so disheartening. Yeah, I mean, like, I wouldn't be disheartened by it because you know you guys are creating a platform for South Asian men, and but I think, well, not even just South Asian men, even men in general and stuff, just to talk about you know the issues that we discuss. But I think we've just got to be okay with the fact that it might take a bit more longer for men to kind of reshare the content that we're talking about and um, really be just kind of open and honest that they um, that they feel what we're what, what we're saying within our content and within our messages and like the number one thing that I'll get in and even even in my dms is like oh my god you're so brave for the stuff you talk about and I'm like I'm literally just talking though I'm not like <laughs> do you know what I mean like I'm not I'm not saying anything like groundbreaking I mean like sometimes obviously the stuff that I talk about is pretty private and I get it yeah it is brave but you know not all of it some of it is just normal chit chat that you should be having with your mates anyway um and whether that's on a platform which is on Instagram or like a podcast um to me it's normal um but yeah I think for others it's still seen as like such a brave or like taboo thing to do and yeah I think it is just going to take a while for South Asian men and men in general to be okay with that yeah it's just the lack of support you know it is it's so evident the lack of support um you know, uh, there's there was there's been times I, I can think of so many different stories. Uh, once there was a time where um, I there was this guy I know from university, and he started up a new podcast himself of lockdown, and he sent me he said like he must have sent everyone a message saying hey by the way guys I made a new podcast everyone follow it and check it out. I instantly you know went to his thing because I have a podcast page I know how it feels. Um, so, you know, I was like, you know, the grind is real. So I was like, you know, every, every bit, every little helps, you know? So I went to his page. Uh, I, I followed his page and I was like, oh yeah, you know, it'd be nice if you could show support to my podcast too. I have one too. And he just read it and didn't respond. He never followed back. And it, it that just made me laugh. Like, it's not even like, oh shit, I'm sorry about it. Like, I still followed the guy's page. Like, you know what I'm trying to say? It, it's just the fact that that's, that's what happens. It's, it's crazy. Um, other times it's been, uh, we've, we've, let's say we've released pod, uh, we've released, you know, episodes, right. And it's been week, two weeks, three weeks. And then let's say we go out with like a group, we do a group meeting with all our guys. This is obviously pre pre COVID times. Uh, we're not going out anymore, boys. So, you know, ladies and gents, we're not going out right now. Don't please don't <laughs> arrest us. But, um, you know, this is pre lockdown times. And let's say we're going out in a, in a group of people. And then one person will come up to him. Like, Bro, I heard your podcast, by the way, man, it was good. And I was like, which one? And it's like, Oh, the, the one you like, it was like, I heard it like a few weeks ago. And I'll be like, Oh, okay. Like, because we've obviously uploaded more since then. And I was like, what do you think of it? Yeah, it was good, man. It was good. I was like, oh, shit, that's, that's nice, man. You should have told me before, innit? It's like, yeah, I just, yeah, just kept my mind. But it was a good podcast anyway, man. And I was like, God. see, it's nice to hear that. Obviously, someone's complimenting your podcast. It's, it's nice to hear that. But then there wasn't that, that acknowledgement when we released it. You know, like, for example, if someone releases something, let's say, for example, Ram, you were to release a podcast and I was to go listen to it and, you know, I have a good time. Well, let's say I enjoyed it. I would message you straight away, be like, bro, bro, that's sick. I'll go on my Instagram story and I'll be like, by the way, guys, if you haven't checked this out, if I genuinely like something, I'll put it out there. You know, I'll be like, by the way, this is good content, guys, check this out, you know? And that'll be genuine from me. But 
how many other people would do that? You know, that's the question I ask. Yeah, that's true. And I find, yeah, a lot more females, even actually amongst my friends and stuff, it would be more of the females that are like sharing my content a lot more, even if it's around men's issues, like they'll be the ones resharing it and stuff. But that doesn't mean that the guys aren't liking it or commenting it. I think it's maybe like fear of like embarrassment that you're sharing that type of content and it's like personal mm. or it's something that is um, a bit more different or a bit more, yeah, emotional or personal to them and stuff. So guys don't tend to really do that, I guess. Or not comfortable with it. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, it's just something like, I don't know, again, this relates to this whole idea of like, you know, masculinity, especially on social media as well. Like, even that plays a part as well, like, in terms of mm. accelerating the issues that we're having today in today's society as well. Do you know what I mean? Everyone's all, everyone's become like, you know, hyper competitive in every single way, whether that's, you know, careers or social life, for instance. And that can also cause a lot of people to be unhappy. Yeah. Well. And I think like on things like Instagram, a lot of people are like trying to show off their best life and show off, you know, you don't talk about the dark times or the bad times on your Instagram. Do you know what I mean? You're not going to do a selfie of you like having a shit day. It's like, <laughs> How do I have the worst day of my life, guys? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Or like a picture of you crying, like that's never going to happen on Instagram. So it's like people are constantly trying to show off like that they're living their best life and that they're super happy. Um, and I think that's also like a big issue within like the social media world. It's like there's such a high anxiety, depression and suicide rate. But then so many people are living like these fake lives of like, you know, they're, you know, really happy or they're traveling loads. And yeah, they're the happiest that they've ever been. But I mean, in reality, I don't think that's true. So having like pages like ours and stuff where we're like talking about the different topics that we discuss, I think is really important. I remember this is slightly off topic, but I remember this time where um, this is ages. This is like five, six years ago. This is a once. Uh, so I I went to Hardy's uni and stuff, like in terms of like visiting him and stuff every year and so. Yeah. And I, I would know some of his friends. I met his friends on nights out. They followed me on Snapchat, whatever. Then like obviously your know, uni life, you know how it is. Like you know, you snap snaps, you know, Snapchat. You go out, you yeah. you record yourself in the rave, whatever, having a good time, having a breeze, whatever. And like the next term, next semester, I came to see Hardy again. And all his friends came up to me like, Harms, like, you, know, you really live the life, you know? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, I remember Hardy. And Hardy's like, yeah, he came up to me like, oh, yeah, do you know, like, yeah, like, it was just me and Hardy was chatting and like, I went to Hardy's pre's and like, some of the friends that I knew from, I met last semester came up to me, yo, I'm in the, yo, yo, yeah, man, you're good, yeah, man, like, you really live the life, aren't you? In knots, man. He's like a party guy. Like, what do you mean? Like, you're always going out, man. Like, every day, I was like, nah, not really. Like, like, yeah, you're always partying. You're always having a good time. You're always raving. Like, I said, nah, not, I don't. Like, I think you're like shit. Like, if I like create this image of myself, I just go out all the time. I just don't snap like the hard times. You know what I mean? I don't snap me being alone. That's I don't good. snap me being in the library for eight hours a bloody day. Do I? Do you know what I mean? Like, I was thinking, do you know what? Screw this, yeah. So like the next, the next term, like. I said, you know what? I'm just going to focus myself. I'm going to take all the depressing snaps I could possibly take. I took a picture of me in the library, <laughs> me with 10 books in my hand, like thinking about yeah, eight hour sesh. Do you know what? Screw this, man. I'm going to change the narrative now. I'm fed up with it. Because it, it, was, it was kind of like a running and joking, Hardy, wasn't it? At your uni. Everyone kept saying to me, I'm the party guy, wasn't it? Bro, it was the one of the funniest things <laughs> ever to happen. I would be going on a night out, for example, and no one would come up to me. By the way, you know how Mind is out right now as well? How the fuck do you know? Oh, so his Snapchat. Oh. <laughs> Isn't he out like every night? I was like, oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I was waved as well, and then <laughs> every time. And then let's say even if we weren't going out, they'd be like, Oh, guess who's out again today? But <laughs> this is my friendship group, which is in Kent, and Harminda we used to go in Nottingham. So we were obviously really like far apart, and you know, different friendship groups or whatever. But he knew a lot of my friends. Um, you know, they had like they, every, he knows he follows them on social media. They follow him, <laughs> and it would just be like. Oh, guess who's out again today, boys? And I was like, oh, who? And they'd be like, oh, Haminda. (laughs) (laughs) And then I told him, I was like, bro, I was like, you go out too much, man. I was like, do I? (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, it made it worse because we would talk about it more than he would actually go out. And then I remember after I told him, he legitimately for a month, just every single day without fail, he was so committed. 
every single day he oh, Minda posted a picture of the library every single day library, so, library, uh, study. <laughs> library study library library lectures libraries the most deadest thing I'm going to try and dead my Snapchat out you know what I mean try to filter out this image of me because I, I post the funniest things and I'm preach I'm posting people falling down and shit I'm like I don't know yeah. back then it was like hyping it those days do you know what I mean like you're excited that Snapchat was kind of new to uni like cool, cool I'm going to go crazy a bit do you know what I mean yeah like, <laughs> I just kept posting the funny stories or the crazy I just post stupid stuff and raves like lights and shit whatever like good music or bits where like you know, hip hop is playing and like it was like raving like mosh being each other I'll be in the middle of it do you know what I mean recording it like, yeah yeah getting smashed in like and all his friends would see that I think I'm sort of I'm this guy like I'm this crazy party guy who just goes out every day who doesn't study or anything I just go out I don't do anything else in my life I just I, I just I just fucking party and that's it like, nah fuck this man I'm gonna like change my whole thing like library lectures eight hours a day but bank was you know what show true reality of life man do you know what I mean like Exactly. That was so fucking jokes, man. That was so <laughs> funny. <laughs> but I mean, like, even on my personal Instagram, I mean, like, you guys follow me on my personal Instagram. I do not, I do not talk about half the shit I discuss mm. on the Desi Brotherhood account, just because I guess I'm also like part of that lifestyle as well, where you just want to talk about your positive, like, journey through life, such as traveling and partying. You don't really, yeah, talk about any of the um I guess depressing or yeah sad moments in your life so I guess that is why a lot of people are really constantly comparing themselves on Instagram and they're like why isn't my life like this compared to this person and I think it is really unhealthy to especially be following a lot of influencers like I was said me and my mates were talking about it a couple months ago and I just went on a massive like unfollowing spree with like influencers because then you're just constantly comparing yourself to them and you're like Mm. wow why isn't my life as, as great as theirs or why haven't I achieved as many great things as this person and I don't think that's healthy for yourself if you're constantly comparing yourself to these other people and I don't think I was consciously comparing myself it was just more subconscious and I was like you know what there were some influences or certain pages I was following where I would go on the page and then just feel really shit about my life and I was like you know what fuck this I need to just unfollow and just like just stop this kind of like toxic behavior and comparing my life to other people just because I am happy and content with my life and that should be enough I shouldn't need to compare and that's the thing, like, it's so, it's so, it's funny, like, even if you do, like, say, for instance, like, you want to follow it, you go on a search page, and all the search pages are full of content oh, creators, again, yeah. making, making you feel shit again, like, oh, for fuck's sake, because you, you're tempted to click, oh, that's, that's a nice image, I want to click on that, like, oh, shit, like, they're in Dubai now, having a great time, like, oh, shit, why like, <laughs> can't I be in Dubai, do you know what I mean, like, or do it, or whatever, like, it's, it's hard to, it's so fucking hard to escape, like, you think, yeah, you want to follow everyone, but just to be there in your search page. Do you know what I mean? There'll yeah. be some way, there'll be a way for them to creep into your life again, to make you feel horrible again. Right? Yeah. But it's you know what? The one thing that's really helped me, especially on the Desi Brotherhood account, is like just taking social media breaks. And mm. I've taken I've taken loads of social media breaks, man. Just because mm. I'm like, you know what? It just does get a bit much when you're seeing so much content. Or like, even with my Desi Brotherhood account, sometimes I'm like, am I posting them enough? Am I posting enough content? And I'm like, you know what? I didn't. I didn't create this page as like a job. I did it as a way to help South Asian people in the community. And I'm not going to make it a page where I'm posting. You know, I don't want to be like, hey, I'm posting every Thursday and Tuesday, guys. Make sure you tune in. I don't want to be one of those people. And I don't want to. Yeah, basically, that's not why I set up the page. So I think taking social media breaks is definitely a good one. Um, And then a few of my mates and stuff, they've even like uninstalled apps and try to take a break and I think that's super healthy just because you can get really addicted to that kind of content and lifestyle and it's not real and it can sometimes really put you down so Rom if you had any like tips in terms of how you would you know if there's like what, what what would you say are your best tips in terms of helping Asian men out then if you had to like really like narrow it down? Oh wow. Um to help them help help South Asian men out. Um I would say probably, yeah, like I said, I mean the best way that it's helped me is uh, the reason I'm quite open with the people I talk to on my page and you know people that I don't hardly even know and stuff is like because I have such a good conversation with with amongst my friendship group so I think like just channeling as much like positive conversation and honest conversation with your mates you know no matter what you're going through or no matter how taboo like subjects 
and topics can be um and just making sure like you find trustworthy people where you can have that one-to-one combo if you're if you're going through a bit of a crap time or you know you're you're feeling like you're hitting a brick wall with your life and stuff like making sure that you've got good people and good friends around you I think that's super important and like pushing for conversations with I think your parents like as much as it can be a massive fear on oh my parents won't accept me of my lifestyle and who I really am behind closed doors like the reason my parents have become really open-minded is because of millions of conversations where me and my siblings have had told them I've had to tell them, you know, this is the type of lifestyle we want to live. And you guys are ha- going to have to kind of change your thinking pattern a little bit and yeah. get used to this kind of new culture and new lifestyle of, you know, having kids that are that have a dual heritage and that we don't live in India anymore. Um, so I think that just having open, honest conversations with your loved ones, with your friends that you trust, but then also not being scared to have those same conversations with your parents. But obviously, I don't want to be telling anybody to talk to your parents and then they get kicked out their house or anything. So, like, yeah, if that's going to happen, then obviously don't chat to your parents. But I think it's just important that you chat to someone. So I think friends is like the most important thing that you have a good network around you. Hmm. Definitely. What would you guys say? Yeah, hundred percent. I think that's. I think that's the key. Um, in terms of you know dealing with certain situations in life, I feel like even when times are hard, before you even get uh, uh, times get tough. You know, you just if you're able to talk to someone about it, or there's something going on in your mind, and you're able to deal. Deal, deal with the situation there and then, you know, then I think it doesn't even need to get to a point where you end up finding ways of escaping or, you know, you look for other routes of dealing with the stress. And it, it doesn't even get to that point where you get stressed about it when you can deal with it in a very prompt manner. So the the whole idea of it is actually dealing with the situation. Um, this is uh, this is something personal. Um so I had I had a pretty bad breakup as well with my ex a few years back, and uh, I remember after the breakup, I, you know, it took me a while to get over it, uh, and you know, after the breakup was still pretty fresh, I would I would have like bad nightmares or dreams about you know just her, and it would just keep reminding me of her, even if I'm trying to move on, and I'll just have dreams about her. And I've never dealt with anything like this before, so I didn't know what to do. And it would give, it would give me anxiety, it would make me panic, I would end up missing her. And then my whole progress that I would, I've had made up until that day of moving on is all just gone down the hill because, you know, I've just so visioned that person. And then so what I used to do was I, st- I, would, I would call Harminda <laughs> the next morning and I'll just give him a call. I'll be like, bro, I need to speak to you, man. And he'd be like, what happened now? What is it? And I'll be like you know, had another dream. And he was like, oh, go on, talk, to, talk me through it, what happened. And that genuinely really, really helped me get past the situation much more just because he was there to be like, okay, go on, tell me what happened. You know, having that was so crucial and essential in me. Then that's, and obviously they stopped ages ago, you know, all of that stopped. Um, but when it's about the, you know the whole idea of someone just being there for you when you're going for a tough time and then so the situation doesn't get worse you deal with it there and then and so um i would definitely encourage everyone to find someone that they have in their life whether it's their mom whether it's their dad whether it's their best friend whether it's a girl best friend uh, sometimes you know sometimes i'm going for stuff i have a go you know i have girl mates as well I'll talk to them about certain things because I feel like maybe they might understand it better rather than the guys. You know, it's just different. But you always find a way to deal with it, even though uh, things can be really tough time to time. But um, definitely, you know, um, supporting one another, uh, being more affectionate towards one another. And even if you care towards one another, just being a little bit more like showing you a little bit more. There's nothing wrong with showing like, oh, that you care for someone or that you, you think that the person's nice, you know, or the person means something to you. There's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't take away from your manlyhood. Um, you know, opening up to someone doesn't take away from your manlyhood. Uh, being respectful, being kind, being caring and just saying stuff does not make you less manly. That's that's what I want to sort of end up on. 
you know, even the smallest topics can kind of spark some sort of conversation. I remember years back, Adi was telling me about like how he used to, like he was dating someone a long time ago, and that per- it's a very simple thing, but he would say to me, you know, he would feel kind of anxious and a bit of anxiety when a safe person doesn't like a safe girl that he was seeing at the time didn't reply back to them in time or was acting slightly different. And that's obviously through his past experience with, you know, females kind of breaking up with him or, um, you know, sometimes women just, you know, straight up acting up different and stuff. And he said to me, like, oh, like, does that have happened to you? Like, oh, do you ever feel like that? I was like, yeah, man. <laughs> happens to me all the time. Do you know what I mean? Like, even I do. I feel like that too, you know. Like, that's funny because if he didn't mention it, I don't think I would have mentioned it either. But sometimes I get anxious about these things. Like, you know, it's... If I, you know, if I were talking to a female and they didn't reply back to me in time, or I've got this some sort of like notion in my head, then I'm overthinking. I'm feeling anxious, and I start to overthink all these things, and I'm like, shit, like it's not really healthy in my head. But the fact that Hardy mentioned it to me, and I mentioned it back, yeah, but I feel the same. Like I found comfort, and also Hardy found comfort too in that situation. Yeah, and like I think a lot of men, it's like you've constantly got to show that you're okay and that you're living your kind of best authentic life and stuff and especially like after a breakup I remember like my first relationship um a lot of my friends were like just checking in because it was like a long relationship it was like three years and people were checking in to see Mm -hmm. if I was okay and I was and I was dating straight away and I was sleeping around straight away and I was like that was like my defense mechanism just to kind of pretend that I was all good but I wasn't actually dealing with the breakup properly I was just like using other ways to forget about it such as you know sex or drugs or drinking and stuff and it's like you do just need to have like you said like those those genuine friends that just like check in on you um so that you're just not like avoiding it or you're just trying to pretend that you're living this like amazing life and that you've moved on and you're dating loads of other people and stuff and I even see loads of men like loads of people say that women jump from relationship to relationship but even my boys like some of them have jumped from relationship to relationship like without even like having really like a time to be single or have a break and it is that whole like fear of what people will say or fear of being lonely and stuff and it's like men just need to be chill with those feelings and like realize that those are normal emotions that we're going through so yeah I'm glad that you guys have had each other to like you know talk to about your emotions and feelings and stuff and I've had like good friends that have been there as well so yeah I think that's definitely key just making sure that people do have an honest and trustworthy person that they can reach out to yeah it's very important to have that you know the amount of times I've spoken to guys about let's say the same stuff I've said to Harminder let's say yeah and the amount of guys have told me or like you know a couple of my close guy mates they'll just be like oh Hardy it's alright man find someone else man you find another one it's fine I was like, but bro, I'm, I'm feeling a certain way. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. all right, man. Don't worry, man. You find someone else. It's fine, man. Plenty, plenty, plenty more fish in the sea. Plenty more fish. Don't think about it too much, innit? What do you mean? I'm thinking about it. <laughs> how, how how do you expect me to not think about it? Just forget about it, man. It's fine. Yeah. Just go like, grab a drink. That's you know what you know what you need. You need you need a night out. You need to get fucked. That's what you need. Whoa. Exactly. Like, Honestly, yeah. I that's it. Me talks, man. It's the first thing you do. Every guy does really. Yeah. Just go on now. I mean, like, not even think about, well, isn't that even the best thing for the person? Exactly. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I think we're all guilty. I'm guilty of that, actually. I think everyone's no, guilty, I'm of that, guilty of that. Yeah. I'm guilty <laughs> of that. I'm guilty of that advice, to be honest. I'm not going to lie. I'm yeah, no, I'm definitely Yeah, if somebody's had a breakup, I'm like, let's get drunk. Let's go try and it's an excuse, isn't it? get yeah. my mind off them. Like, I'll try and do anything. <laughs> mind off them. But yeah, that's clearly, yeah, not a healthy route either. Um, but I guess it's just the way we've been programmed to like think and again it's just like another escape um, from our reality so but yeah um, thank you so much Rom for joining us today on our podcast it's been really uh, amazing having you on the show here today with us and we've definitely discussed uh, something that we haven't discussed before and uh, I was glad that we were able to sort of you know address these uh, sort of things that are out there which normally men don't talk about or don't discuss so thank you for joining us yeah thank you so much for having me and again I'm really loving the kind of content that you guys are putting out there and continue doing it and yeah really appreciate you guys having me thank you so much Ram and also everyone listening right now go check out uh, Ram's uh, Instagram page it's Desi Brotherhood Uh, and yeah everyone just stay safe during COVID and uh, catch you guys another one take care thanks Ram see you guys